I can stack them hundreds to the roof. I ain't stopping till they stack to the moon. Without me, my family wouldn't have food. Anybody going against me gotta lose. What is up, guys? You're listening to the MF CEO Project. I'm Andy. I'm your host, and I am the motherfucking CEO. Guys, if this is your first time listening, this is an entrepreneurship, personal development, success-based podcast. But the principles that we talk about are not just geared towards financial success. They're geared towards success in life. Success in life is, by my definition, the commitment to the pursuit of your own full potential. We all start different places. We're all going to end different places. But what makes us successful in life is what and how we use the gifts that were given to us, the opportunities presented to us, and our obligation to do so to show the next generation what is possible. Now, guys, we don't charge for this podcast. It's 300 and something episodes by now. All I do ask is that if you find value in the podcast, which you will, everything you need to succeed is in this podcast library, period. All of it. It's all there. Okay? I get motherfuckers saying, Andy, when are you cutting another podcast? Well, you have 300 to motherfucking listen to that I did for free. And they have everything you need in them. So... Quit thinking that I'm going to come out with some new fucking answer that's going to open up your mind, all right? It's there. You're just not listening. You're just not looking, and you want to be spoon-fed, and I'm not a spoon-feeder. So if you want to be spoon-fed, go follow one of the other motherfuckers out there, the Muppets, as I like to call them, and, uh, you know, buy some of their shit. That's not what I do. Now, I do ask, when you find value, not if you find value, That you tell somebody about this podcast. This is called The Project for a reason. It's called The Project because it is a podcast that was started to change culture. To change the mentality that people and society have made so popular these days. That everyone is special. Everyone gets a trophy. Everyone is destined to win. Everyone deserves to win. And those aren't the truths. You will not win by sitting there and waiting to win. You will not win by simply getting older. You will not win by simply growing the fuck up. There are active strategies you have to put in play consistently and be committed to them over the course of your life if you want to be successful. That's what we talk about here. Some of it you won't like. A lot of it you might make you mad, but all of it is the fucking truth. All of it, all right? Now, guys, I do have a special message for you today. Tomorrow is July 4th, and Independence Day always makes me especially proud to be an American. I think of all the incredible men and women who have gone before us to build our country into the great nation and superpower that it is today. And guys, I have a special treat for you today. It's a project I've been working on for a while. As you know, I've been quiet for a while, and it's because I've been working on putting this together for you today. Today, I'm going to share the first lesson from an audio course I created, okay? It's a course meant to inspire and motivate and educate you on the principles of excellence and success that we can learn from the most amazing people who were citizens of this country, which I believe 
is the greatest country in the history of Earth. That's how I feel about America. It's my home. It's where I'm from. And I'm damn fucking proud to be an American. There are some incredibly inspiring people who have lived and worked in our country over the last hundred years or so. They've helped us win wars. They've invented life-changing products. They've built massive business empires. They've turned adversity into victory over and over and over again. They have lived epic lives and left a legacy that can be felt not just in America, but all over the world. And studying their lives has changed mine. But it's also got me thinking, fuck, man, I love America, but I feel like we've lost our way a little. Are we still a nation committed to excellence? Are we still a nation filled with the kind of people that beat the fucking Nazis? Are we still a nation filled with the kind of people who want to be good and be the best of the best? I don't know. But for the most part, I think we are. But there are some threats. There are a bunch of whiny, pussified people in this country who have way, way too much influence on what we see, hear, read, and feel on a daily basis. There's a mindset of entitlement and passivity and oversensitivity that is way too rampant in our culture. Everybody's offended. Everybody's mad. Everybody's a victim. Everybody has this super fucking hard life, which is complete nonsense. You know it and I know it. So it's important for those of us who believe in the true America to remind ourselves of the kind of mindset that made this country fucking awesome in the first place. So that's why I put together this course. Here's the thing, guys. I'm posting the first lesson here on the podcast, and you're probably listening on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you might be listening, but you need to know that the next six lessons will only be available exclusively for people who are on my email list. So if you want to listen to all seven, and believe me, you are going to want to listen to all seven, just wait a few minutes, you're going to go to andyforsella.com forward slash sign up. That's andyforsella.com forward slash sign up. If you're on the email list over the next couple months, you're going to get the next six success lessons. You'll learn about people who made America truly a great nation. And you'll learn about how you can achieve the higher levels of greatness in your own life. I'm going to cover topics like how to develop a vision, how to develop an innovative mind, how to cultivate perseverance, how to make sure you always do the right things and don't let your personal demons get the best of you, how to live every day like you might die the next I guarantee you guys, you're going to be inspired. You're going to learn practical skills and proven tactics. You're going to learn how to raise your level of greatness by raising your personal standards. And the more people that do all that, the better the chance America remains the greatest nation on earth. So if you resonate with this, go to andyforsella.com forward slash sign up to get on the email list. Oh, and by the way, this is the only time I'm going to offer this course for free. So if you want to benefit from this content for free, go sign up, andyforsella.com forward slash sign up and get on the list. Okay, guys? So that's that. Now, where are we? (laughs) Happy fourth, motherfuckers. Here's my Independence Day gift to you. 
This is the first lesson in my course. I call the course United We Win. Seven lessons in excellence and success from the greatest Americans of all time. On a cold night in October 1912, a man left his hotel room to stage a political comeback. He had lost his party's nomination to the presidency of the United States, and now he was the dark horse candidate for running for a third party, a party that he formed earlier that year. His odds were low, very low. But he had campaigned harder than anyone. He visited and gave speeches in almost 40 different states. And you have to remember, back in these times, it wasn't as easy as hopping on a Southwest flight and getting where you want to go. He was tired. He was losing his voice. But he was determined to be heard. And so as he left his hotel, he waved to his supporters and he walked to the car that would take him to the speaking venue. That's when a bystander nearby took out a revolver, and fired a bullet into his chest. The guy who fired the shot was tackled and disarmed, but panic over the candidate's health filled the car. People thought for sure he was going to die, but the candidate was calm. He was an experienced hunter, and he was an Army veteran, so he just put his hand to his mouth, and he coughed, and he didn't see any blood, so he knew the bullet had missed his lungs. I'm good is what he thought. The crowd had began to attack the shooter, but the candidate shouted to them to stop. Don't hurt him, he said. Bring him here. Then he asked the man, why did you shoot me? The candidate was a man who wanted to get the heart of any problem. He wanted to really understand it, and he wouldn't let a threat stop him from trying to understand anyone, even someone who had just shot him. But the man refused to answer, so he was taken away. The candidate looked back at his wound. He was only bleeding slightly from his chest. No problem, he thought. I'll survive. I can do this. So he sent a quick message to his wife telling her that he was all right, and he demanded the driver take him directly to the auditorium as planned. Think about that. Suffering from a gunshot wound or not, he was going to deliver this speech. When he got to the podium, the candidate asked the crowd to be quiet. He said, I don't know whether you fully understand this, but I have just been shot. To the disbelief of his audience, he showed them the fist-sized red stain on his shirt. He explained to them that the bullet had most likely been slowed by his heavy overcoat and that had punched through his metal eyeglasses case, the case he kept in his pocket just above his heart. Then he showed them something else that had been hit by the bullet, the thick stack of paper, which was the manuscript of his speech. As he held it up, they could see it had a hole that had been punched through all 50 pages. The bullet is in me now, he said, so I cannot make a very long speech, but I will try my best. And then he stood and spoke. He spoke for over 90 minutes and captivated the audience and he glared at his assistants whenever they tried to pull him off stage. This candidate, this man, was determined. He wouldn't let anything distract him. Instead of complaining about being shot in the chest like any other person would, he used that experience to make his message heard. 
He said that much worse things were happening to this country's citizens. In his mind, they were being neglected and abused by his political opponents. Yes, I have just been shot, he said, but it takes more than that. But it takes more than that to kill a bull moose. And with that comment, the crowd went wild. And I think we can all understand why. You won't be surprised to learn that this 53-year-old man, this man who wouldn't let a bullet wound stop him from delivering his message to the people, this man would later be known as one of the most amazing presidents, one of the most exceptional men in the history of the United States of America. In his two terms, he faced stubborn opponents in Congress. He faced powerful and corrupt businesses that were trying to screw people over. And in spite of this, he achieved goal after goal after goal. He was the first U.S. president to win the Nobel Peace Prize. He organized the building of the Panama Canal, which at that time was the greatest testament to human achievement that had ever been accomplished. He created many national parks. He made sure that millions of acres of land in America, the most beautiful nation on earth, were protected so that even to this day, people like you and me can enjoy them. During his lifetime, this man was often referred to by just his initials, TR, but his full name was Theodore Roosevelt. And after that speech, his supporters gave him the nickname, the Bull Moose, because that's what he was. He was a fucking Bull Moose. Throughout his whole life, Teddy Roosevelt tackled obstacles head on. When there wasn't an obstacle right in front of him, guess what he did? He found one. Teddy knew that obstacles are made to be overcome. He learned that early in life. When he was a little kid, he had asthma. Did his dad say, that's okay, Teddy, you are enough? Fuck no, that's not what he said. His dad told him that the way to compensate for that was to start exercising and get active and get out into the wilderness. When the Roosevelt family went hiking and they came across a boulder or a lake, the rule was that you didn't go around it. You fought your way over it. You fought your way through it. So years later, when Teddy lost his party's nomination for a third term in office, he didn't stop his campaign. Instead, he and his supporters walked out of the fucking convention center. The next day, Teddy Roosevelt formed a completely new party based on his own ideas of how the nation should be run and what was good for the people. And guess what they named the party? They called it the Bull Moose Party. And here's the thing. He didn't win a third term. But to Teddy fucking Roosevelt, whether he won or lost a single battle wasn't the point. The point was to never, ever give up. One of Teddy's most important character traits was his refusal to quit, even when the odds looked impossible. He knew if you let setbacks stop you from trying, you would never know if you had won or lost. And to Teddy, and listen to this point very carefully because it's the key to his success and yours, losing was so much better than not even trying. Think about that. Losing was better than not even trying. 
That's why in 1912, despite losing his party's nomination, despite being labeled as a power-hungry traitor in the press, and despite being fucking shot in the chest, Teddy Roosevelt got out and made his voice heard. And the result? The Bull Moose Party won seats across the nation and won him 27% of the vote. And that's more than any third-party candidate in history. Nothing had ever stopped Teddy Roosevelt from following through with his goals. Nothing. And he knew that no bullet was going to stop him from making his voice heard. Guys, you might know a lot about Teddy Roosevelt. But in another famous speech he delivered in France in 1910, he spoke some really famous words. They summarized his whole approach to life. And there's a good chance that you've heard these words before. Here they are. It's not the critic who counts. It's not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena. It belongs to the man or woman whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood. The man who strives valiantly, who makes an error, who comes up short again and again. Why? Because you can't make an effort that will be totally without mistakes. And there will be times, a lot of times, that you come up short. Then Roosevelt went on to say this, the one who counts is the one who actually strives to do the deeds, who invests himself in a worthy cause. The one who counts is the one who, in his best moments, experiences the triumph of high achievement. And if the worst happens and he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly. Do you understand what he's saying? It's okay to fail as long as you dare greatly. Think about that. Roosevelt wraps up his speech by saying this, for this kind of man, this kind of person, his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. And here's my translation of what he's actually saying. He won't ever be like the average fucking loser who never achieves anything great because he's too pussy to even try. Guys, that's not just Teddy Roosevelt's philosophy. That's the mindset at heart of all success. That's the approach to life that has built America into a great nation. Listen. The two things that you can do, that any single one of you can do day in and day out that will drive your success and revitalize our nation's greatness is this. Try hard and never give up. Success is a result of persistent action. Greatness is a result of maximum effort. So let me take a couple minutes to share with you the three essential steps to taking productive action. Step number one, think about what's going to happen if you don't take action or think about how you're going to feel at the end of your life if every day you put off the effort to do what needed to be done. I want you to imagine this, okay? Like literally think about this for a minute. Imagine you're all gray and wrinkled. Your bones are so old and used that you could barely move your arms and legs as you're lying in bed. You're in a retirement home. You're watching reruns of Duck Dynasty. 
Imagine that you're by yourself. Your wife or your husband died a few years ago. Your kids, if you have any, are busy with their own lives. And right now, the nurse who usually helps you get up and take a piss is on her lunch break. You look out the window and you see a big tree. The leaves on the tree are different colors. Brown, yellow, red, orange. And they are falling to the ground because it's fall. The season when things start to die. At first you feel okay, but all of a sudden you feel like a cement truck has just landed on top of your chest. While you are still catching your breath, a sharp pain snakes up your right arm and spreads out across your chest like a web of fire. You start to panic. You hit the call button for your nurse and you cry out for help. Right away, the nurse shows up. She starts talking to you, trying to assure you that you're going to be okay. But you don't hear her. It seems like someone turned down the volume on everything in your life and the speed. As your head falls back and you look up at the ceiling, everything around you shifts into slow motion. The scenes and memories of your life flash in front of your mind's eyes. You remember all the dreams you had and never pursued. You remember all the goals you wanted to accomplish, but put off. You remember how friends told you to believe in yourself, but you didn't. You remember how people scoffed at your plans, so you canceled them. You remember how others ridiculed and laughed at you, and you let them. You remember how many opportunities your life gave you that you didn't take. And you realize you're having a bad heart attack. Actually, the worst kind. And the thing you realize deep down in your heart is that you're not going to survive. As you slip into eternity, a terrible feeling sweeps over your body and floods your soul. It's disappointment. 100% absolute, bone-crushing, soul killing disappointment true regret and with your last breath you cry out the words that I hope I never have to say at the end of my life never ever and here they are I've wasted my life and then you die the end roll the credits that's it How's that sound? Pretty shitty, huh? Listen, whenever we are tempted to not act, we should remember that someday all of our actions are going to come to an end. There's going to be a final act of our life, and then the curtain is going to come crashing down on us. And nothing you can do, nothing you can say, no matter who you are, can change that. And I want you to think about how absolutely horrible it's going to feel in your last moments to have your life flash before your eyes and for you to look at that and say, all those minutes, all those hours, all those years, I did nothing. I amounted to nothing. Think about that when you're laying on your couch, when you don't feel like doing something, when you're hesitant to act. Think about the consequences of your inaction, not just for the moment at hand, 
but for your whole fucking life. Step number two, visualize the happiness and success you're going to achieve as the result of your actions. This is the exact opposite of step number one. Instead of thinking about the consequences of inaction, you want to think about the results of putting in the work and what you're going to gain by acting. You're going to want to visualize who you're going to be at the result of your hard work and what you're going to be able to enjoy. And you have to keep that picture fresh. Are you willing to take the time to visualize? Are you willing to remind yourself day in and day out of why you're doing what it is you're doing? I don't mean once a year or once a month or once a week. I mean once a day at least. And I mean it every single day. Now, guys, I got to tell you, for a long time, I thought the visualization was garbage. I thought this shit was like cheesy and corny, probably a lot like what you might think. I thought it was just another hokey habit peddled by bullshit motivational gurus uh, and what I like to call the rainbow and unicorn Muppet crowd, all right? But at some point in my life, I finally said, fuck it. What's it going to hurt to try this out? Really, it didn't cost me any energy. It, It didn't take up too much time. Uh, I could use all the help I could get, so I gave it a try. And guys, I got to tell you, man, it was life-changing. A lot of people are confused by what visualization even is. Guys, visualization is just forming a mental image of the person you want to be or the things you want to do. It requires that you quiet down, focus, close your eyes, and imagine the most vivid picture possible adding in as many details as you can to the point where it feels as real as it can. But sometimes, you know, you don't have to close your eyes. You can leave them open. And you focus on them and an image and something that represents what you want or who you want to become. That's the standard tool for helping you with this thing called visualization, and that tool is called a vision board. A vision board is a tool to help clarify, concentrate, and maintain focus on a specific life. Literally, guys, a vision board is any sort of board on which you display images that represent whatever you want to become or whatever it is you want to do or whatever it is you want to have in your life. The vision board could be digital, it could be on your computer, or it could be an actual cork board or a whiteboard that you tape or tack pictures to. It really makes no difference. Images on your board could be photos of ripped, fit dude, Uh, if you want to get in shape, or it could be a house that you consider your dream home or even a private jet, like what's on my vision board. Okay. When I started visualizing every day, I was driving a 2004 Dodge Ram and that was a great truck for me, by the way. I loved it. I still love that truck. So I'm not saying it was bad for me to be driving it, but what I am saying, and the reason I pointed out is that my life has changed drastically since that time. And visualization is a huge reason why. I started visualizing myself pulling up to a private jet in a Lamborghini, and I would try to see it as clearly as my mind could see it. In my imagination, I would look out the left, and I would visualize the door going up. I'd imagine the door of the Lamborghini. I'd walk around the plane. I'd feel the handle going up the stairs. I'd notice the materials, the chrome, the leather, the smell, the stitching, trying to visualize every single detail of this vision. Then I would imagine walking inside the plane and taking note of every single detail there. And if you've ever tried to do this, guys, you know it's not 
easy to maintain that kind of focus and really kick your imagination to high gear. It takes practice. You're going to suck at it at first, but it's worth it. Okay, you are imprinting the vision on your mind, and that vision will begin to shape your beliefs. And then that vision begins to drive your actions. You can see vividly what it is that you want, so you're motivated to act and go get it. Like I said, this was back in 2004 and five. Among other things, I also visualized myself leading several multi-million dollar companies and speaking to hundreds of thousands of people. And guess what? I had no logical reason to believe any of that shit would become my life. But guess what? It is. It did become my life because I saw it clearly. I did what was necessary to make it a reality because I saw it clearly every single day. That's the power of visualization. And keeping a vision board is a huge part of that. Vision drives action. So step number two, visualize the happiness and success and the specific things you will gain as a result of your commitment to action. And finally, guys, step number three, identify the critical task you need to do and complete them every day to move toward your ultimate dream life. Okay, listen, guys, I'm a multimillionaire. And when I say a multimillionaire, I don't mean I got $2 million. I mean, I'm running companies that are going to do close to $300 million this year. I'm doing very well financially. The people around me are doing very well financially. Um, and we're just getting fucking started. Okay. I've been very, very successful in ways that most people define success. And it's not because I'm smarter than anyone else or more talented than anyone else or have resources available to me that no one else does. It's because I learned to identify the critical tasks I needed to complete every single day to move me closer to my ultimate goals in life. And guess what? I fucking did them. I did them every single day and I continue to do them every single day. I didn't focus on completing the task for that month or that week, just the task for that day. I made it my point to win the motherfucking day. That's it. And I did it by using what I call the power list. The power list is a simple tool that I use every day. I developed it in the 2000s. Okay, it changed my life. I use it every single day. Still to this day, I use it to move forward even towards where I want to be from this point. Okay, the powerless is not complicated. It is not rocket science. It does work and it does work without fail. It is the only tool that I found over the course of my nearly 40 years on this planet that guarantees success. And I'm going to explain that to you right here, okay? This is not a list of your life goals. It's not a list of your weekly goals. It's not a to-do list for your year or month or week. No matter how many times I repeat this, I have some well-intentioned moron send me an email or publish a post on Instagram that says something like this, hey, Andy, here's my power list for the week. What do you think? And then I read something like this, John Q. Idiot's weekly power list. Okay, one, improve my discipline and super awesomeness. Two, read five books by Friday. Three, become a millionaire. Four, improve my memory by 30%. Five, get a massage. 
Sorry, guys. If you if that's your power list, you don't know how to fucking listen because I've been saying this for years. That is not right. That is not even close. So I'm going to show you how to make a power list in very simple steps that are easy to understand. Okay. Step number one, take out a sheet of paper. Okay. It doesn't have to have lines on it. You can go to Office Depot or Amazon, order yourself a little notebook. It doesn't have to be a special book. Although I do sell special power list journals that help you track this on my website, andyforsella.com. A lot of people have them. You don't have to have that. I never had it. Okay. So you don't need it. It's just a very nice book and you know, you should definitely go buy it, but you don't need it. All right. Step number two, at the top of the sheet of the paper, you're going to write day one, Monday. You can print it. You can write it. You can write it in cursive. You can write it in fucking Arabic. You can write it hieroglyphs. I don't care. Okay. But you got to be able to write it. Step number three, from top to bottom, I want you to number one, two, three, four, five. You're going to write down five critical tasks next to those numbers. Now, a lot of people will say to me, well, Andy, why do you only have five? I could put 15 tasks. And by the way, these people are always people who can never get shit done who say that, by the way. Um, So the truth is, no, you can't. And I'm going to explain why you can't here in a minute for you overachievers. Uh, But here's what you're going to do. You're going to pick only five critical tasks. And if you get them done before, let's say 10 o'clock in the morning, guess what? You got the rest of the day, do whatever the fuck you want. That's your time. You just need five. Okay. Five critical tasks a day. The five tasks that will create whatever it is you're looking for to create in life, whether that's in your fitness life, your family life, your spiritual life, your financial life, whatever it is. Here's the thing you need to understand if you're tempted to identify more than five tasks. By putting 10 tasks on there or 15 tasks, because you think you're a superstar, which you aren't, and everybody else is just a little peasant weakling, which they aren't, you're actually short-circuiting yourself, and here's why. Because you're not going to be able to get 15 things done a day for 100 days in a row. Trust me. I know I've learned this lesson firsthand and I've seen thousands and thousands of people try to do 10 to 15 tasks and completely fuck themselves up. What happens is when you try to identify and complete too many tasks is this. You're going to look back over the pages of your power list and see how many times you failed to complete all the tasks that you gave yourself to do. And as a result, you're not going to have the confidence that this process would normally develop. And as a result, you're not going to have the confidence. You're not going to have the belief. You're not going to have the trust in yourself that is going to be able to accomplish and do what it is you promise yourself you're going to do. So it's very, very, very important that you utilize the power list exactly as I tell you. Five tasks, just five. And once you realize you can only pick five, now you can identify the five most critical tasks that you can do today that will move you forward personally and professionally. This is not a goal list. This is a task list per day, not goals. Tasks are action steps that you take in pursuit of your goals. So let me give you an example of five tasks that might be on my power list, okay? Task number one, one hour of cardio. Task number, because, dude, I want to get fit. I'm naturally a heavy set dude. I got to work hard, so I want to do cardio. I know that doing cardio is going to produce the best physical shape for me. 
and I have to do it to stay on top of my game. Two, respond to a shipping company's proposal. Three, record a podcast episode for next Tuesday. Four, read the final chapter of Jocko's new book. Five, meet with Sal and decide on a name for the new first form protein that we have coming out. You see, these aren't abstract goals. These are concrete tasks. Those are things that I can accomplish today, which brings me to the next and last point, which brings me to my next and last point, point number five of doing the proper power list is do everything on the list before you go to bed. If you complete those five critical tasks, you're going to mark your day as a win. You're going to put a big W at the top of that list. If you don't get all five done, no matter what, whether you got the fifth one done at 50%, if you didn't complete it, you lost the day. You put a big L at the top of the page. And when you execute on them, when you complete them, they are going to move you forward towards your goals. And when you start stringing together days and days and days of W, you're going to find that you build momentum and really start getting things accomplished. You're going to be surprised at how fast your life changes. But remember, to get a W, all five critical tasks absolutely must be done by the end of the day today. So one more time, here it is, the five steps. One, get a notebook. Two, Write the date at the top of the page. Three, number it. One, two, three, four, five. Four, identify the five critical tasks that have to be done today to move you towards your goals. These can be things as simple as sending a certain email. These can be things as simple as getting in a workout. These can be things as simple as reading 10 pages. Whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, you want to use this system to plug in the tasks that are going to move you towards your ultimate goal in that area. Okay. And point number five, you're going to complete all five tasks before you go to bed. And if you do it, you get a W. And if you don't do it, you get an L. That's it. It's pretty simple. It's not rocket science. This is a tangible statistical way for you to be able to quickly audit if you are winning or you are losing in your life. But you got to do the tasks. Guys, and when you start doing this, you're going to figure out real quick that this is how you live a life of productivity. This is how you live a life of excellence. This is how you live a life of significance. You know, X-rays would later show that the bullet that hit Teddy Roosevelt was lodged in the rib right above his heart. The bullet was never removed. It stayed lodged in his rib for the rest of his life. Think about that. The bullet hit him and it remained in him. And yet he pressed on, thinking, dreaming, working, fighting until the day he died. And he is remembered as one of the greatest people that ever lived. To paraphrase what his friend and historian Henry Adams said about him, throughout his life, Teddy Roosevelt embodied a singular primitive quality. He was a man of pure action. Guys, every true and noble American, every person of success has always been and always will be a person of pure action. They have been 
in the arena, as TR put it, while others settle for being spectators watching life from the bleachers. Every person who has ever contributed meaningfully to the quality of our nation and helped make it a more perfect union was the type of person of pure action. And every man or woman who has experienced the highest levels of success in their own life also was a person of pure action. It wasn't because they had a great idea or a breathtaking dream, but because they executed that idea and acted to turn that dream into reality. So the most patriotic thing you can do for your country and the most life-changing thing you can do for yourself is to stop fucking dreaming and start fucking doing. Stop excusing and start executing. Stop wondering why you don't have the resources and opportunities that other people do and stop whining about all your so-called problems and get to fucking work. Work.